Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey, Mark Trifle here, and today's podcast is about one topic in NAFQ's letter to NCUA of August 16th, and that is relative to capital adequacy, Rule 702. As a reminder, NCUA received a letter from NAFQ having 19 items that it recommends NCUA work on as it relates to NCUA's one-third regulatory review. Long ago, under former General Counsel Robert Fenner, NCUA began reviewing one-third of their regulations each year. So NAFQ is providing thoughts on those and others, even if they're not coming up in this one-third review. And the proposals that NAFQ brought forward may require regulatory change, may require an act of Congress under the Federal Credit Union Act, or may require both. As it relates to this item, the capital adequacy, this would be something NCUA could change on their own. And as far as the proposals that NAFQ has, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most doable and the most appropriate, I agree 100%. I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10 that NCUA should consider what NAFQ is saying here. And in the letter, NAFQ says the NCUA should explore the possibility of realigning the covered credit union definition to reflect differences in relative risk today versus when the covered credit union definition in part 702 was first developed. As compared to banks, covered credit unions encounter formal stress testing requirements at a much smaller size. Editorial note, I agree with that 100%. NAFQ believes that several years of supervisory data regarding covered credit union capital planning, including through a recent period of extreme stress, permits informed reconsideration of the tiers and their associated thresholds. Under the principle of proportionality, the NCUA should consider corresponding adjustments to the covered credit union definition as a means of reducing regulatory burden. In the NCUA's 2014 capital planning and stress testing rule, the agency noted that the board believes it is important to require capital planning and stress testing at the credit unions that by virtue of their sheer size could pose the risk to the insurance fund. I'm going to repeat that. The board believes it is important to require capital planning and stress testing at the credit unions that, by virtue of their sheer size, could pose the greatest threat of risk to the insurance fund while limiting the regulatory burden. When the NCUA developed the current covered credit union threshold, the supervisory requirements intended for this narrow subset of credit unions, by the way, the narrow subset we're talking about here is over $10 billion right now, this narrow subset of credit unions were designed to match their relative risk to the SIF i.e. the insurance fund. If the relative risk posed by a tier two or tier three credit union has changed, then it would be appropriate to revisit the tiering thresholds used for enhanced stress testing requirements. Additionally, NAFQ encourages the NCUA to clarify the appeal rights of a covered credit union in any situation where the reservation of authority in part 702 to transfer a tier one credit union to one's supervision before it becomes a tier two or tier three covered credit union is invoked. 
As the NCUA notes in its final rule, modifying the asset threshold used for determining one's supervision, and one's is the Office of National Exams and Supervision, the board expects to provide the credit union subject to proposed use of the reservation of authority with an opportunity to present evidence on why the agency should not proceed with use of the authority. The NCUA should more clearly delineate this anticipated opportunity to respond, such as describing what evidence will be deemed most persuasive. NAFQ also requests that NCUA develop guidelines to describe the specific circumstances that would justify use of the authority under 12 CFR 702.301C. So, home run, Grand Slam, Super Bowl, NAFQ, you're 100% right here. I could not agree more. NCUA missed an opportunity to provide regulatory relief when they when they indexed the credit unions that need to go to one supervision from 10 to 15 billion. However, they did not change the fact that $10 billion to $15 billion credit unions still need to do stress testing, even though they're not as material as they were to the insurance fund when NCUA established that $10 billion threshold. And it again, NAFTA is spot on. NCUA's rule is in conflict with the previous statement that I that I reread. The board believes it is important to require capital planning and stress testing at the credit unions that by virtue of their sheer size could pose the greatest risk of the, to the SIFT. So they changed the, the the level. And then because of they these credit unions between 10 and 15 billion were not as material to the insurance fund, but then they still required it. So they really missed an opportunity. And I'm not exactly sure why they did this. I think staff probably proposed it this way. The proposal went out and and the board decided to go forward with it. Uh, NAFQ, keep hammering on this. This should change. And again, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the tier one, tier 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 three and what they're required to and and when you can get shifted over to, to of the Office of National Exams and Supervisions before your asset threshold would be. If you go back to and listen to the NCUA board meeting on this topic, Rodney Hood has some specific questions relative to this. Specifically, he asked if this was going to be delegated to NCUA staff, and the answer was no, it would take an NCUA board vote. So for example, you got an $11 billion credit union that for some reason, someone at the NCUA staff level thinks there's a risk there. By the way, those would be that would be what would drive it, risk to the fund that would drive it over to the Office of National Exam and Supervisions or a proposal to put it over the National Exam and Supervision. So that would have to you know, start in the regional office and or the Office of Examination of Insurance, pointing out some risk factors. There would be a dialogue. There would be a board submission of a board package that would have to be accepted by the NCUA board and then the NCUA board would have to vote on that. So there's talk here about them having an opportunity to be heard relative to that at due process. And NAFU is asking for some of that to be fleshed out. I think that's all a good idea. I think that will be extremely rare, probably more rare than conservatorships, which happen once or twice a year. <coughs> so again, this might be my favorite part of NAFQ's letter. We'll find out as I go through the letter here one by one in individual podcasts on individual topics. Again, there are 19 here. Some of them are, are in my opinion, immaterial. And I, I don't expect doing 19 podcasts, but I'm and I'm going to group a couple of them together. But that's it here on the proposal by that NCUA reconsider rule changes to 702 capital adequacy. Again, NAFQ, perfect 
three paragraphs on this. I agree with you. Hopefully, Ensume takes it to heart and listens uh, to, to what you have to say here. That's it for this episode of With Flying Colors. I appreciate you listening, and I hope you'll listen again next time. Mark Trichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com. 